0: On which Chapter 4 might be delayed due to Keanu Reeves' busy schedule, Michael B. Jordan pitched Warner Brothers a Superman movie, and J.J. Abrams revealed that Palpatine was always going to return in The Rise of Skywalker. Plus, I review Watchmen Episode 6 and The Mandalorian Episode 3. All this and more on today's episode of Small Screen Stories. Mm-hmm. Hello and welcome to Small Screen Stories. On this weekly podcast I'll be going through the biggest and most entertaining stories from the world of entertainment and pop culture. So let's start off with what I believe to be the most interesting story of the week and that's that John Wick Chapter 4 might be delayed. So this is, I mean, it's rather upsetting because John Wick Chapter 3 for me personally, Parabellum, is one of my favourite films of the year. I am a sucker for a very good action movie, and Parabellum is a very good film and a very good action movie. So I was really excited to see Keanu Reeves as back as John Wick in John Wick Chapter 4. It was revealed that basically everyone was going to be coming back. All the actors in, the, in Parabellum were going to be returning in Chapter 4. But then Lance Reddick was talking to ComicBook.com about the film, and he revealed that actually it might be delayed because... So the the reason being is that Keanu Reeves has an incredibly busy schedule. So he's got at the moment he's got The Matrix Four, he's got Bill and Ted coming up, and he's also got this uh, Netflix superhero film that he's doing with uh, the Russo brothers. Them um, and that I mean this is going to be taking up a lot of his time, which means that he's gonna he's gonna find I'm pretty sure they're gonna find some way to make this movie, but at the moment it's looking like it is well I mean we we don't know when it's going to be coming out yet which is it's a a shame because as I said before I really love these films and John I mean I love having a new John Wick film and chapter four I think it was going to go places it is going to I mean it's still happening but it is going to go to places that the previous three films hadn't been before and Parabellum was just so such a good action film such a well-rounded action film and it's um it's really doing different things with the genre and that's why I'm just I'm just very excited to see the next one and I want it as soon as possible. Anyway, moving on to Star Wars. So it's been revealed that that we will be getting a Star Wars film apparently in 2022, but and it has a director, so Kathleen Kennedy has a director in mind, but it's not Ryan Johnson at the moment, or well, at least that's that's what the rumour is. So Ryan Johnson was supposed to be I mean is supposedly writing a Star Wars trilogy. There have been release dates um, for. I think it's a three. It's three next Star Wars films. So the first of which is coming out in 2022. But apparently Kathleen Kennedy has a director in mind now. It wasn't revealed which um, who this director might be. But I mean, at the moment, it's looking like mm, it's not Ryan Johnson. So I'm pretty sure there'll be a, quite a few Star Wars fans that are. Quite excited about this because they don't want Ryan Johnson to be doing other Star Wars movies because they didn't like The Last Jedi. I've made my position on this very clear. I really like Ryan Johnson. And I mean, if people go and see Knives Out, which is out now actually, um, they'll realize how good a filmmaker and how good a writer he is. So, whoever they choose, I mean, good luck to them. It's not going to be Benioff and Weiss. It's not going to be Kevin Feige. It's not going to be Ryan Johnson. So, we really don't know who it's going to be. So moving away from, from that and on to The Rise of Skywalker. So they've released their... This was via um, Empire Magazine. Released some new images from the film. And this image was of the new Sith Troopers. And they look incredible. They're, they're pretty cool. They're all red. So they're basically like Stormtroopers just in red. And we're not quite sure how they're going to play out in the film. Whether they're actually going to have any powers like the Sith or whether they're going to be directly linked with Kylo Ren or maybe they're actually linked to Palpatine we don't know yet I'm assuming that they're going to be something to do with Kylo Ren rather than Palpatine but again this is assuming I really um I'm really looking forward to this film I'm going to explain more why in a minute but then um Actually, one of the one of the reasons why is because moving on to JJ Abrams he was also been talking about uh, the last Jedi of course he's been he's been doing all the press junkets and all the uh, all the interviews before the film eventually comes out it's only a few days away from release now and he actually revealed that palpatine was always going to be coming back in this film so he was talking about how um, he was talking to up about how he and um, Lawrence Kazdan the uh, the writer were discussing where the franchise could go when they were writing the force um the force awakens and then so they had all these ideas one of these ideas was to bring palpatine back then the last jedi came out they read what um what uh, ryan johnson had done with the the last jedi and they actually re- they realized that they can still do what they re- initially wanted to do in bringing back palpatine nothing had changed fundamentally that it changed their initial vision so, yeah, for everybody who thought, really? They're really bringing about Palpatine? They're really going down this road? Well, apparently it was going to be part of the... the it was part of the plan. It was always part of the plan. Anyway, uh, more last... Uh, sorry, more Rise of Skywalker news. Apparently, uh, so we... I mean, uh, there have been screenings of, um, of the Rise of Skywalker. So, actually, they... Um, there was a, a child who is very unfortunately dying that was um, able to see the the rise of Skywalker, you know, before and, um, and and so there was that screening. But there have also been a whole host of uh, test um, audience screenings. So it had been reported. I mean, there whether or not this is true I mean I don't know but there were there were reports that they um they had these they had three cuts of the film apparently there's the Bob Iger cut Bob Iger's the CEO of Disney apparently after there was the J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy cut and the George Lucas cut now I don't believe this for a second what I do believe and what I know is that J.J. Abrams has been editing this film Basic. uh, He only finished it really recently, so it's only a couple. I mean, it's that tends to happen anyway. I mean, if you remember back to um, Spectre, um, uh, Sam Mendes was literally editing the film the night before it was released. This isn't unusual, and there were there have been reshoots on the film, and that's also not unusual. But there are now reports coming from these test screenings that this film, The Rise of Skywalker, is the third best Star Wars movie. So. They they said the this comes from we got this covered and their source claims that you know they believe that uh, it's the first best film best Star Wars film of all time is The Empire Strikes Back, closely followed by a New Hope and then The Rise of Skywalker. If that is indeed the case, then it is going to be a very good film. But again, this is hearsay. It's rumors. Um, I mean really take it with a pinch of salt especially with the fact that it comes from we got this covered so let's move away from star wars and on to batman apparently robert pattinson may be having issues bulking up to play <laughs> batman now if you look at robert pattinson he he isn't uh, one of the biggest people men around is he's he's pre- he's actually pretty slight and it's but I'm pretty sure that they've given him uh, a special diet. I mean, remember when Ben Affleck took the role, he got really hench, for lack of a better word. Uh, The same can be said about uh, Christian Bale. But I think this Batman might be slightly different. I think he might be slightly leaner. He might be a bit more like uh, Batman Beyond. So defined and, and strong of course but um in a slightly kind of leaner package which you know is something that is, is it might be slightly different uh i think we all know that we all want to see something different with robert pattinson's batman we've had relatively similar iterations of batman over the years as far as actors are concerned i mean since well, since michael keaton played the role <laughs> you know the, the last two actors that have played the role have both been quite beefy. Uh, maybe this one might be going back to kind of Michael Keaton type, you know, leaner and, and more agile. Who knows? But it's been reported that he's struggling. Uh, <laughs> whether whether it's true or not, I don't know. Um, the Batman director, Matt Reeves, has cast John Turturro as Carmine Falcone. So this... Oh God, he's such a good actor. Um Falcone is a or Falcone, however you want to say it. He's a a, a mob boss in the um, DC Comics kind of underworld. He's a, often a, he is a villain all the time in the Batman comics, and uh, he's off. He was in, he was in some of the movies. So he was played. Um, I can't remember his name now, but he was he was played by Tom Wilkinson. Sorry, in the um, in the Christopher Nolan Batman films, and he's also been played by John uh, Doman. Uh, I think his name is, and that was in the uh, the Gotham TV series, and those the, those two iterations of the character are quite kind of again beefy guys, quite big guys. Uh, John Turturro, if you know of him, he was in the Big Lebowski. He's actually he's in the Transformers movies. He's in a lot of independent films, but he's also been in a few blockbusters as well. He's quite tall and skinny, and it's I think it's it's going to be really interesting to see him play the role because he's going to I think he's going to bring something really different to it, probably slightly mad. He's uh, he's got that in him, and again, this this cast for the Batman is just it's just insanely good. It's so good. If you haven't seen the cast, go on IMDb, have a look at that cast list. I think it's one of the best casts ever assembled for a superhero film. And Robert Pattinson's bat suit apparently is going to look a lot like the uh, bat suit in the long Halloween uh, comic, which is brilliant. So we we heard that um, that the that his bat suit is going to be have like echoes of blue dark blues and grays in it which is what he looks like in the long halloween and i really i'm really looking forward to that because i think it's about time that we see something different from batman and um that more yeah you could call it a more kind of um not i mean it's it's more what's the word it, it, it's more like the original version of batman and um, it, I suppose, it kind of makes more sense for him to be in all dressed in all black, but we've had that, so why not have something slightly different? I think I think is a good thing. So moving away from the Batman and onto the DCU, so we're now hearing news that Michael Fassbender is being eyed to play Doctor Fate in Black Adam. So this Black Adam film is going to star uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson as Black Adam, and apparently. They're trying to bring Michael Fassbender in to play Dr. Fate. And that that would be... I mean, first of all, Dr. Fate is... Um, he's a character that I'm not that familiar with from the comics. But he does wear a helmet. And Michael Fassbender has been in superhero films before where he wears helmets. He's actually been in a film called Frank where he just wears uh, a paper mache head throughout the whole film. And it is him under that head. And he's brilliant in it. If you haven't seen Frank, do do see it. It's a really interesting film. And he's he's someone that's used to playing in these big blockbusters. It, it kind of it's weird because it hasn't really happened for him in big blockbusters. I mean, he's good. He's brilliant in everything he's in. But it's like his films, especially recently, haven't done that well. I look at the last X-Men films. They didn't do very well at the box office, um, which is a shame because they've got fantastic. It's just br- a brilliant cast. Each X-Men film has a really good cast, but then, you, I mean, you look at the first X-Men film that he was in, so X-Men First Class was really good, X-Men um, The Days of Future Past was also really good, I love both of those films, but then you kind of hit a brick wall with X-Men Apocalypse and then X-Men Dark Phoenix is it's not great, it's, it's, not, it's not good at all, and it's a shame because that cast is brilliant. Michael Fassbender is a wonderful, wonderful Magneto. <sighs> Maybe this is his chance to actually be in a, you know, a, bo- a proper box office smash hit. You know, bring in Dwayne the Rock Johnson. It's going to make money. Bring in Michael Fassbender. He's a terrific actor. I'm all for this. By the way, that that rumor does come from We Got This Covered. So again, take that with a pinch of salt. Apparently, uh, so we we I reported on this on originally on this last week was that Birds of Prey was having reshoots was going through reshoots and actually that a lot of them they were helmed by the uh, by, by the John Wick director, and which so this film is supposedly directed by Kathy Yan, and I was really interested to see her her version of of Birds of Prey and see what she was going to do with the film, but apparently it wasn't in a good place. Warner Brothers uh, weren't happy with her cut of the film and wanted to do reshoots so they brought in, so I'm going to butcher his name, but it's Chad Stadesky T- 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 Skid- oh, I can't say it and <laughs> he's the John McDirect he's a fantastic director and he's, uh, he's apparently come in to, to helm these reshoots and apparently um, the reshoots have reportedly dramatically improved the film so that is good news, you know. I, I want to see a good Birds of Prey movie. I don't want to see a bad one. I am slightly upset that you know Kathy Ann's version won't be the final version because I always want to see the director's initial vision of the film on the big screen. That's what you want to see, but um, no, apparently, apparently not. Apparently, that's not the case. Moving away from Birds of Prey and on to Superman. So this is. I think this I, I mentioned this as one of the three big stories of the week um earlier on. The Warner Brothers are thinking of well, they were thinking of casting actually Michael B. Jordan as Superman, with JJ J. Abrams to direct. So um there were basically Michael B. Jordan pitched a Superman film to Warner Brothers, which already is kind of a... a <laughs> it's it's cool, it's it's really cool, but it's um People, I posted this, uh, I put this on, on the Facebook page and people didn't really like the fact that Warner Brothers were thinking of Michael B. Jordan to play Superman. I can kind of, I mean, I can see why, I suppose, but I, I'm like, Michael B. Jordan is a fantastic actor. It sounds to me like he had a really good vision for Superman and with J.J. Uh, Abrams possibly directing, but it would definitely be produced by his, um, his production company, Bad Robot, they make really good films. Uh, all their films are fantastic. And uh, I, don't, I really think this would be a match made in heaven. Apparently, though, the problem is is that his, Michael B. Jordan's, um, again, it's he's just super busy. So it probably won't happen, which is it's, it's a massive shame because, um, you know, I really want to see. I mean, I, I love Henry Cavill's version of the character. I just think he got really bad scripts. I've said that multiple times in the past. I think Michael B. Jordan. If, if this is something that's coming from him, it's an idea that he had to to take the character in a new direction. I think why not do it? You know, let these people let these people do it. And if anything, Warner Brothers are thinking of doing this sort of thing. I mean, they showed that with the Joker, and that they're they're willing to give budget to to these people to go out there and, and make their you know turn their visions into a reality. Anyway, so this actually comes from news that Warner Brothers thinks that Superman is no longer relevant. And uh, I kind of agree with them to a certain extent. Superman is a really difficult character uh, because ultimately he's... I mean, people might chastise me for saying this, but he's boring. He can do everything and anything and he only has one weakness and that's kryptonite. You know, and it's just... He's also he's too much of a, a kind of good guy and i think they tried they tried to kind of tackle that in um in the in the recent films so in batman vs superman and even justice league they tried to give him something something different but it was too, it was too much it was it was too much and poorly and it was poorly written as well uh, i think if you if you humanize him more you might have something more interesting there i, I mean i i i'm not I'm I'm not a, a scriptwriter. I don't really know how how I'd even begin to try and make a, a Superman script. But I, I really I really hope they do take Michael B. Jordan's um, pitch and kind of and do something interesting with it. Moving on to well actually Zack Snyder of all people. So he's actually been telling fans not to give up hope for the Snyder cut of Justice League. So. Um, Zack Snyder has been desperately trying to get the Snyder cut of, so his own ver- his own cut of the Justice League released, because I mean we all, if you're listening to this, you probably know that Snyder was originally directing the film. Then there was a personal tragedy; was, you know, his um, his a uh, family member died. And he had to leave the project. And the project was then finished off by Joss Whedon. And Joss Whedon kind of changed the whole film. So it wasn't, as I as I said before, I, I am a big fan of just seeing the director's final vision put onto the big screen. And what we saw wasn't, wasn't Zack Snyder's final vision. And he really wants to bring that out. So he's been telling fans not to give up hope um, because last week there was actually, it ended up, trending on twitter hashtag the hashtag release the snyder cut was trending on twitter and that was really quite exciting actually because it meant that i was pretty convinced that warner brothers were going to be forced to release this thing either in cinemas or on a kind of special edition blu-ray or something like that but it hasn't happened yet it's only been a week uh, but fans seem to already be losing hope, and Snyder's trying to stop them from doing that, and he's doing that by sharing images from uh, the on the set of his his when he was filming Justice League. So that he loves to share monochrome pictures. I'm pretty sure he films he shoots them on a on a Leica camera because they they look like that. And so he's been sharing images of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, and he's also been sharing images of Willem Dafoe in, in his version of uh, the Justice League. And, you know, I do like seeing these these pictures because, um, first of all, they're really good pictures. They're, they're visually quite striking. Secondly, it, it you can just tell from these images that his version of Justice League was so different. It, it looked super dark. To be honest, I would really like it if he actually, if he ever does get to release the Snyder Cut, if he does release it in monochrome in black and white, I'd really like to see that. I think that would be really cool. So moving away from Zack Snyder and his uh, Snyder cut of uh, Justice League and onto, back onto Black Adam. So Kevin Hart, of all people, has been trying to get a role in Black Adam. So if you don't know, Kevin Hart is basically in every movie nowadays with Dwayne Johnson. So they're in um, they're in Jumanji The Next Level together and they were talking to, to Entertainment Tonight and he was actually... Kevin Hart was uh, being interviewed alongside Johnson. And Hart was asked if if he was going to be in Black Adam. And he said, we've already discussed it. We talked about it earlier. So we're finding that out. No matter what, he's not going to do it and not put me in it. How selfish would that be? So I personally, I mean, I think first of all, I don't know who Kevin Hart would play in Black Adam. But it does seem as though it's like the two kind of come together. They're like a package if you if you get Dwayne Johnson, you're going to get Kevin Hart as well. I mean, Kevin Hart, uh, he also cameoed in uh, in uh, Johnson's um, Fast and Furious spin-off spin-off uh, recently, Hobson Shaw. That was a, a very surprising cameo. I didn't expect him to be in it. I'm pretty sure he's going to be in Black Adam. I think that's a foregone conclusion. Now, whoever he plays, I don't know who that might be. So this might be, the next story might be the weirdest story of the week. It's that Chris Hemsworth apparently is rumoured to be playing Green Lantern in Black Adam. So this comes from "You Got This Covered. So again, I say this every week, but every time I mention this outlet, please, please be careful with this outlet because they put a lot of stuff out there and it's not always true. Um, the, so the reason I ran this was because it's mad and I would love it if it was true, but... I have a lot of reservations about this because I just don't think DC are going to go down this route. I don't think Warner Brothers would risk... I mean, they they would love, definitely love to have Chris Hemsworth as Green Lantern, but his association with Marvel and specifically Thor is just... It would be too much, I think, for audiences because also, I mean, Thor Love and Thunder is coming out pretty soon, so i would expect what black adam is so that's 2021 black adam's coming out and i'm i can't off the top of my head i can't remember thor's release date but i think it is also 2021 so if if the two films were to come out in the same year i mean it's not saying you can't play two different superheroes but you know the marvel cinematic universe is a very well established universe and the DCU is as well but it would just I think it'd just be too confusing for audiences so I don't don't think it's going to happen I think if they're going to cast anybody they might cast somebody that hasn't been in a superhero film before maybe somebody that is pretty well known but you know not not like blockbuster not A-list just yet I mean although my my choice for the role is always going to be I'm always going to say this I'd love Nathan Fillion to play the role but it also depends which version of Green Lantern they choose so do they go for Hal Jordan? If they went for Hal Jordan, then Nathan Fillion would make sense. But if they if they went for um, some the some of the other versions of the character, then they might go for somebody else. You know, who knows? Maybe they could go for another Ryan and get Ryan Gosling in, <laughs> which might be quite funny. So I'm going to move on to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Talking of uh, Chris Hemsworth and Thor, and um, the very first story. In the MCU this week is this is actually my I think this is my favorite story of the week. This is my secret favorite story of the week. It's that um, Fantastic Four's director Josh Trank has re- has reviewed Fantastic Four his Fantastic Four film. It's ugh, Josh Trank is a weird one. <laughs> uh, he he's very active on social media. If you remember back when uh, Fantastic Four came out, I think it was in two thousand fifteen. Uh he actually took to Twitter to say that this film isn't my film and he kind of slammed his own film. It was just mad. The guy the guy's a bit insane. But so yeah, so he went onto Letterboxd and reviewed his film. And he actually said, the movie's alright. You know, he he said I was expecting it to be much worse than it was. Literally I haven't seen it since like two weeks before it came out. And it was in a heavily effing traumatised state. And I was in a heavily effing traumatized traumatized state of mind why I'll say that for another time so you know it's um, it's interesting when people do this because first off I mean Josh Trank kind of lost everything when after this film was released so he was going to direct a Star Wars film it was supposedly a Boba Fett spin-off film and he was sacked from it because of the way he acted uh apparently on set of Fantastic Four and after you know after the release it's it's something that his his behavior was just terrible it it, it was bad and it was unprofessional but now he's just on twitter um talking about this film and reviewing it on letterbox and it's actually is quite an interesting review if you have time go i would say go and read it um, so the Incredible Hulk is the next story, and um, Tim Blake Nelson, who you will know at the moment if you're watching Watchmen, he's he's in Watchmen, he plays um Looking Glass in Watchmen, he's brilliant in it, and he was also in the Incredible Hulk, and uh, he played uh Doctor da, 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 I can't remember if, uh he was <laughs> such a long time ago since I saw this film so Doctor Sa- Samuel Stearns, and. In the, I mean, in the film, he kind of gets knocked over and, you know, there's this whole gamma ray stuff. And apparently uh, he was going to play the leader afterwards, who's um, a pretty uh, weird character from the comic books, but he never got the chance to. So he was talking to GQ about it and kind of told the story of how he was in a hotel uh, lobby uh, and he was direct, he was talking to Louis Leterrier, who's the director of the film. And Gail Heard, who's uh, the producer, and they said that they want him to play the science character, Samuel Sterns. And he read the script and he was kind of an eccentric guy and he was mainly in the second half of the film. But he was, it was interesting because, you know, he, eventually this character, he was going to be playing a character called the leader and it, he thought it was going to be like a big thing for him and he was really excited to play it and it never happened. Maybe he might end up playing him later on in the MCU. I don't know, but I don't, I don't think they're going to bring that back. It's a shame because he's he's a brilliant actor and I'd just love to see more of him. Moving away from that and onto Deadpool 2. So Sorry, not Deadpool 2, onto Iron Fist. So apparently, um, so Lewis Tan, who's in Deadpool 2, is being eyed to play Iron Fist in the MCU. So this is after Finn Jones was... Uh, basically, he's no Finn Jones is no longer playing Iron Fist, and he won't be playing Iron Fist in the MCU. So they're looking to recast it, and Lewis Tan is apparently on the list. And um, he played uh, Shatterstar, I think his name is in, in Deadpool two, and he's he's an interesting character. The guy, the guy um, Lewis Tan has actually been up for so so much stuff over the years. He's uh, he's already pretty good at martial arts. I mean, I think I believe he's a an expert martial artist, I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, so he's someone that they're looking at. He obviously has the ability. He was actually originally up for Nightwing in the DCU, but that never turned out, which is uh, a shame because I actually think he'd make a very good Nightwing. Uh, More kind of recasting news, and this one about Luke Cage, is apparently Terry Crews from Brooklyn Nine-Nine is um, on the list to play Luke Cage in the MCU. This would be interesting casting. I mean, I love Terry Crews. Who doesn't love Terry Crews? He's great. But Mike Coulter, I, I, I personally think he was perfect casting for the role. And I think it's a bit harsh to, to bring back people like Charlie Cox and uh, John Bernthal and not bring back Mike Coulter. I kind of understand why they don't want to bring back Finn Jones because I actually think, I don't think he was cast very well personally. I don't, I don't think he's perfect for the role. But I do think Mike Coulter was. How and also I mean Terry Crews is he'd be playing a slightly older version of the character, maybe that's what they want in the MCU. Maybe I mean all, at the moment all we can do is speculate. So I don't really know. More more Incredible Hulk news. So Edward Norton has been talking about the film that he was, so he was in the first Incredible Hulk. He was the first Incredible first Hulk in the MCU until he was uh, recast. Uh, that the character was recast and uh, Mark Ruffalo came in to play the role, but apparently his uh, initial vision for these Hulk films was to be more like Christopher Nolan's Batman films, and he actually said that um, that Marvel neutered the film, for, like the film that he wanted to make, which is kind of it was well reported that it, that it was a bit of a difficult shoot. Um, apparently, Edward Norton kept on rewriting the script. Uh, Marvel they do not like it when actors do that they just want actors to say their lines and go home basically and uh, edward norton was he's always more he always wants more he always wants to change things he always wants to have things as as good as they possibly can be which is is great because then you end up getting a terrific film and motherless brooklyn his movie is fantastic you should all go and see that if you have the chance but he had a vision for it he wanted it to be more like nolan's batman films it wasn't that you know it wasn't that but yeah it's a bit of a shame because it means we're not going to see that film deadpool 3 so apparently tj miller has been dropped from deadpool 3 and is they're going to marvel is going to recast weasel this is not surprising because tj miller is somebody that i'm pretty sure marvel doesn't want to work with he's um He's been in some ish, in some yeah, legal problems recently. He's done some really weird stuff, like hitting an Uber driver, and it's apparently he's saying it like some kind of bomb scare in a in an airport. He found in a a random tip that there was a bomb in an airport, and there wasn't. It was, it was, the guy does weird stuff, and he says weird stuff, and he recently kind of said that they didn't really need to make a Deadpool three, and I think the reason is is because. He's not going to be in it, so um, it's you know kind of it's a it's kind of annoying because I think he is a perfect weasel, but uh, they're over, either they're going to recast it or just not going to have the character in it at all and just going to scrap the character completely, which I think is what they should do because honestly they don't really need him. They needed him in the first two films, but maybe not so much anymore. Black Panther two apparently it might feature Doctor Doom as one of its villains, and I think this is a very good idea because Doctor Doom is. He's like uh, T'Challa. He's a, a ruler of a country, of um, <laughs> now it's a fictional country, and I always forget the name. I think it, it's not Latvia, but it is sounds a bit like Latvia. Anyway, I'll come back to that in a bit. But yeah, apparently they're thinking of having Doctor Doom in the movie, which I mean, it just it just makes sense, and the idea is to have. Uh, at the moment, it's it's uh, supposedly the idea is to have uh, Doctor Doom kind of trying to invade areas in africa and of course t'challa doesn't like this so that it's a bit of a fight it is a fight and it's all to do with vibranium the doom wants to take the vibranium from uh, from wakanda and it's um so apparently it's going to be following these kind of closely following or be this heavily inspired by black panther doom war and um it's 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 an interesting first of all these two characters, I think, would be really—it'd be a really interesting battle between the two of them, because they're both, as I said before, they're both kind of rulers of their own countries, and um, they have very different visions on how to rule. Doctor Doom is very much a tyrannical ruler; he's a dictator, and uh, T'Challa is not that. Uh, he's they're 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 the they're complete opposites, and hopefully hopefully they end up doing this because i really do think it's time they brought dr doom into the marvel cinematic universe we did have him in <laughs> fantastic four a version of him and uh you know wasn't wasn't the best version of dr doom ever it's a shame because um it's played by uh toby oh i'm forgetting names uh, but a very a very good british actor actually and it's just um, it's just a shame he didn't really get a good opportunity to to play the the villain he wanted to play, apparently Juggernaut is set to return to Marvel Studios X Men movies. So Juggernaut is um, he's really yeah I think he's an interesting character. He's an interesting character. You know he was played famously by Vinnie Jones in uh, in the the X Men films in uh, X Men for um, the Last Stand, sorry, and he had the line I'm the Juggernaut bitch, which is. Gonna go down in uh, superhero movie history, I bet. <laughs> but he was also in um, in in Deadpool two, uh, more recently. But uh, that that was actually um, it was yeah it was Ryan Reynolds playing the role. Then he he did the motion capture for it and he also did the voice. So they're they're planning on bringing him back in the in the MCU in these future Mar- X Men Marvel movies. Now that Marvel has the rights to X Men after Disney acquired Fox. All is back with Marvel. Hopefully all will be good with the world. Final bit of Marvel news is that uh, Black Widow, its first trailer might, actually, it might land next week. So this is, um, they are rumours, but actually they can their. they uh, I'm pretty sure this is going to happen because uh, Marvel India just announced that the film in India is going to be released sooner than we thought. So it's going to be released in, on April 30th rather than May the 1st in India, which um, it's unusual that they actually bring release dates forward. They tend to put push them back. But there are rumours that there will be a trailer on December 3rd, which is really soon, but, you know, I really want to see this film. I'm really excited to see the Black Widow film. And I want to see a trailer. Now, Joker news. So, apparently, Ryan Gosling is rumoured to be playing Bruce Wayne in Joker 2. So, again, this whether or not this is true, I don't know. It's, it's a rumour, and it's been put out there by a couple of outlets, including it's actually put out there originally by We Got This Covered. But it, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that Bruce Wayne be played by Ryan Gosling. It's just too much. First of all, how old would Arthur Fleck be if Ryan Gosling's playing Bruce Wayne? Uh, it's just It just doesn't work as a as a bit of casting news because the ages just don't match what might work is actually ryan gosling playing harvey dent which first of all that'd be really interesting because that mean we'd actually get a scene between joaquin phoenix and ryan gosling face to face and I, I don't think they've ever been in a movie together and i think that would be a really a really fascinating scene the two of them together and harvey dent kind of basically playing like a Bruce Wayne type character someone that's trying to get to the bottom of what Arthur Fleck's all about cuz Harvey Dent is is a DA in um in the DC yeah DC Comics universe before he became Two-Face and uh and I think it would be I think it'd be a fascinating way to take that film I think that would be that would have been better casting news um whether or not it happens I don't know So there was a lot of Star Trek news actually this week. So Star Trek 4, apparently um, Chris Hemsworth, again, could return in future Star Trek films, but he won't be in Star Trek 4. So this came after it was uh, revealed. Originally Star Trek 4 was going to feature both Chris Hemsworth and Chris Pine, but they just couldn't sort out. um, I think it all broke down because of pay or they they didn't want to be on the same amount of pay. I don't know what what the rumours were or what, what actually went down, but it didn't happen. So we're now getting a Star Trek 4, which is going to be directed by Noah Hawley that did uh, Legion, and uh, and he also did Fargo, the TV series, and they're both brilliant, and I'm really excited to see what he does with it because he's writing it as well. But they might bring back Chris Hemsworth in a future a future Star Trek film, which, which is good, because... Paramount Pictures are actually planning on doing three more Star Trek movies. So that, that's including Star Trek 4. So they're really, really kind of kicking on with the Star Trek franchise, which kind of has, you know, we haven't seen anything from it uh, since Star-, Star Trek Beyond. Mainly, I, I mean, I suppose the big reason is Star Wars, because J.J. Abrams moved on to do the Star Wars movies and he's been kind of involved with those ever since. So yeah, there have been problems with it. I, what I really want to see is... I hope one of these three Star Trek films is the Quentin Tarantino movie. Apparently he wrote a Star Trek script, which is brilliant. And Paramount wants him to direct it. And I would really like that to be his final film. I think that would be brilliant. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate. So, apparently... so t- There were reports that Tim Miller and James Cameron had massive disagreements on set. Uh, Tim Miller was the director, James Cameron, of course, is the creator of Terminator, and this is the first film since T2 that James Cameron has been, the first Terminator film that James Cameron has been directly involved with, so he's the producer of this film and actually says that this is the proper kind of continuation after T2. You can forget all those other Terminator films, (laughs) but the two of them had a lot of disagreements on set, and uh, it was... All to do with kind of story and characters that, you know, which characters were more powerful. So this was in a, this came from The Hollywood Reporter and Miller was talking to The Hollywood Reporter and he said, I suggested Legion is so powerful, the only way to beat it is going back in time and strangle it in the, in the crib. Jim said, what's dramatic about the humans losing? And I say, well, what's dramatic about the humans winning and they just need to keep on winning? I like The Last Stand. It's not his thing. So basically they had disagreements over story. And, uh, and then um, they also apparently were fighting about lines in the movie. So Miller said, I would fight for that line because it was important to me. But does the audience really care? Probably not. As far as Donnie Brooks goes, it's not that big of a deal. So it sounds it sounds to me like they they really struggled uh, working together on this film. And probably one of the reasons why it's not as good as we would like it to be is because they had so many disagreements on set. You know, they're literally disagreeing over everything. I mean, if you're disagreeing over story, you're disagreeing over everything. You know, if you, you have a script, you kind of have to stick to the script, I would have assumed. I mean, unless you can come up with something that you think is better... It's tough. It's a shame because I really want to see a good um, Terminator film. Terminator 2 is, again, I'm a big action movie fan and I think Terminator 2 is a fantastic action film. I think it's just a fantastic film, just, uh, you know, full stop. Anyway, moving away from uh, Terminator and on to <laughs> a film called Underground 6. And uh, and this, this, is, this is weird. Uh, so... It's Michael Bay returning to kind of big action films, but it's going to be on Netflix. And Ryan Reynolds was uh, was talking to Empire magazine about the film. And he called it he said he called it an old school Michael Bay spectacle film. So growing up, I was a a huge actually I was a huge fan of Michael Bay growing up. I I loved um, The Rock. I loved Bad Boys and I loved Armageddon. Then kind of hit a brick wall with me with uh, Pearl Harbor and then it kind of went, you know, the Transformers films came out and those films are just dreadful. He did do Pen and Gain, which is a bit more interesting, uh, but pff, yeah, like the Transformers films, he literally reuses shots in those films. <laughs> it's just like, oh God. But yeah, but it sounds, according to Ryan Reynolds, it sounds like this is going to be more in line with the films like The Rock, Armageddon and Bad Boys. And that is what I want to see. That's the kind of Michael Bay film I want to see. It's what he's good at, and I think that's what he should stick to. So, fingers crossed, this is actually all right. Who knows? Moving away from movies now and onto television, so The Mandalorian, The Mandalorian's out at the moment, and apparently Werner Herzog called the crew members cowards for almost using a CGI Baby Yoda. So, the internet's been going mad over Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda is um, the little creature in in this... um, Series. So, again, I know a lot of people can't see this because it's not out in Europe and not out in the UK, but, you know, people have been able to watch it, probably not so legally. And um, there's a baby Yoda in it. And Werner Herzog just fell in love with this thing. Apparently it made him cry. It's a hilarious story because I just love the, I love the idea of Werner Herzog getting emotional over a puppet but he, he really just wanted them to use the puppet, and apparently they were trying to remove the puppet for a shot so they could then use CGI in it later, and he called them cowards for that. JJ um, Abrams has also been talking about The Mandalorian's Baby Yoda, and he actually explained why it's so popular. And he kind of, he what he was alluding to was it was all about nostalgia. So the reason why people love it so much is f- f- first and foremost because it's, it looks a lot like Yoda, and it's like a child version of Yoda and also it's a puppet and um, so he said look I think that the fun of telling stories in this galaxy is that you get to take things that are familiar and you get to adjust them augment them comment on them continue them it's a world that is looking to be expanded and for me Star Wars is sort of constantly expanding and sort of ever expanding and the ability to choose a character like Yoda and say what if we created a baby Yoda so and then he he went on to say the reason these things are uh, reasonable to people is because they're not just nostalgia, but it's taken it's taken something that is meaningful, a story that has deep roots and potency and resonates with a human heart, a beating heart. So, I mean, it is it is nostalgia, but it's 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 a bit. I suppose he's saying it's a bit more than that. <laughs> he kind of waffles for a bit in this interview. Um, it was, you know, he was kind of. You know, the way J.J. Abrams does, he waffles a bit. But he's kind of right. It's like, um, it's, it's taking something from the past and kind of expanding on it. And it's one of the reasons why people love it so much. Also, it's just really cute. It's just adorable. If you see a picture of Baby Yoda, you can't help but love it. And more, well, I suppose call this more Baby Yoda news, is that Ryan Johnson may have just spoiled that Baby Yoda is in The Mandalorian season two because he. He was being interviewed about it, and uh, and he actually so he revealed that he, he this he was being interviewed by the rap, and he said he's amazing. I visited the set of the Mandalorian a month ago, and I spotted Baby Yoda in the corner. and The producer <laughs> shot me a look as if to say you can't say a word. I've been holding that secret in my heart for forever now, and the memes are amazing. I'm very pro Baby Yoda, so. What's interesting about this, and the reason why it's basically spoiling that Baby Yoda is in season two, is because he said this was a month ago, and so that means that they're shooting season two now, and it means that obviously Baby Yoda's in it. So, moving on to the Umbrella Academy, and uh, apparently the Umbrella Academy season two has finished shooting. So, this comes, this was revealed via Instagram, and Tom Hopper was on Instagram, and he basically just thanked everyone on the cast. And... Stuff, but it means hopefully. I mean, they've wrapped shooting, so hopefully it means that this show will season two will be out sooner rather than later. Season one was really, really popular on Netflix. I'm pretty sure Netflix want to get it out as soon as possible, but also make sure it's as good as it possibly can be. Moving away from the Umbrella Academy and to Watchmen. So Watchmen episode six, I'll review it in a second, but it aired last week, and people spotted. That one of the characters in this episode, so it was a flashback episode, and one of the characters called Fred might actually have been Donald Trump's dad. So he's in the episode. This Fred is—he's a racist. He's a part of a secret organization called uh, Cyclops, which is basically just a, a continuation of the KKK. And people spotted that the warehouse that belonged to him was called uh, TS—I TS, think no uh, FT and Sons—and they started uh kind of filling in the gaps realizing that um fred trump owned a warehouse on jamaica avenue on 78th street which is the same place where this warehouse was and that was it's kind of putting two and two together he's called fred ft fred trump it's it's trump is trump's dad it's donald trump's dad definitely Also, there was a whole thing about Donald Trump's dad being um, arrested in the 1927 KKK riots. Um, He was one of the seven men arrested. So there there are definitely, it's definitely, I think, hinting at that. And, um, you know, it's part of history. So, yeah, can't blame them. Features. So there weren't that many features on small screen this week. It was mainly just news. But there was one feature. was that um, Alessia, one of our writers, uh, she got to see... Tim Burton's Batman for the first time. So the 1989 version. And she had 11 thoughts on Batman. It's just amusing if you uh, have the time, please go ahead and read it because it's amusing to see, to to read what someone thinks of a film, somebody that, who'd never seen the film before. So Leslie had never seen the film before and I thought it'd be an interesting, uh, actually, actually she thought it'd be an interesting experiment to write down, her 11 thoughts after having seen the film. So it's not quite a review, but it's more just um, 11 little kind of, yeah, ideas on the movie. And she also comes up with her own little script of uh, what she, what, what might have happened. It's amusing. I do, I, I highly recommend it. And please go and check it out if you can. There are quite a, There are quite a few writers actually that wrote some really interesting features on the site this week. So please, if you have the time, go on and read them. They're really good reads. Moving on to the reviews, so Watchmen episode 6 aired last week, and I flat out think this is a masterpiece of cinema, not well, of television, because first off, I really do not like flashback episodes, I have a big thing against them, I think it's a not a very good way to tell a story, I think it's quite lazy. This was a flashback episode, but it did something completely different with it, it used the format and made it; it just made it so interesting. So it's um yeah it's it's set in Tulsa in the in in the past, and you you basically find out that. I mean, I'm not going to go too much into the into spoiler territory because it's there's a big reveal in it. that Actually, I don't want to give away. But what I will say about it is, Watchmen, so far has been the best show, I've seen in as long as I can remember. It's it's playing on themes it's re there're really big themes going on here the right the the writers are so clever they're able to um kind of blend history with present and future and all just one show there's you know themes of racism there's motherhood there's family there's you know there's uh, there's just everything in this show and it's just, it's just damon Lindelof has done something really really special with Watchmen, and episode six, I think, is the pinnacle of of that. And um, hopefully, I mean, there are I think there are three episodes left. No, two episodes left. I think. I think it's only eight episodes this season, and uh, and it's really get gearing up now towards the finale, and it, it's getting. I mean, it's it's been brilliant the whole the whole show, but this this particular episode, I think, is the standout episode. The Mandalorian episode three, um, that I have, I have thoughts on more uh, like. The Mandalorian is, is a very good show. It's a very good Star Wars show. It's it's great that they've done this fantastic live action Star Wars. They've managed to keep uh, the the kind of feel of the original Star Wars films, but we're also expanding the Star Wars universe, which is, is great. This episode, you actually get to see a lot more of the Mandalorian in action, which is really good. And you get to see, so I think the first the, these first three episodes are, are very they're, they're all set up basically and this is the problem I have with it. I, I think the whether or not this is can be seen as a good episode really has to do with what's gonna come next. Because if if what comes next is just complete fan service, then this has all been for nothing and then you can't say that these have been three good episodes. This episode in particular there are some very fan servicey moments in it so you know you get to see a Mandalorian use all its kind of weapons its tricks and stuff and people love that and it's great seeing that it's really good fun but it really does it really does hinge on what's going to come next and if they really start to yeah you know, really kind of push the boat out and come up with some new ideas and bring in some new themes into the Star Wars universe I do. I will say that this episode is brilliantly directed. It's directed by uh, Deborah Chow, and she's great in it. Uh, she's done a fantastic job with this. And actually, Pedro Pascal as as the Mandalorian. You know, he's under a helmet the whole time, but he actually just some little movements going on, and you can kind of tell that what's going on in his head. And that's it's it's not it's good great acting as well, but it's also good editing, and. Um, I think it is it is good. I gave an 8.5 on the site so I think it's a very it's a very good episode, but I just I just have a nagging suspicion in in the back of my mind that this show is just going to really go into fan service territory and I don't want it to because I think that would be a massive misstep and um fingers crossed they don't do it. But yeah, that's That was a lot to go through, and as usual, I basically just scratched the surface of everything that happened this week. But please go and check out Small Screen, which is at www.small-screen.co.uk for even more pop culture news, features, and reviews. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Small Screen GB. And thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you back here same time next week. Thanks a lot, guys. Goodbye.